welcome back to the Sunday Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How was your first week back in work? I actually seem to be coming down with a cold, which is really annoying. Oh, yeah. Well, I've actually I've heard there's one of those going around at the moment. Well, yeah. Sandra, it's called the common cold for, the re- for a reason. If I told you I had tuberculosis, fine. If you knew seven people who had tuberculosis in the last week, then it's different. This is literally just the sniffles, okay? Anyway... Thank you all so much, as always, for your kind messages this week. Like, it really means a huge amount to me. Flew back to London last Sunday. You know, a little bit blue, a little bit sort of post-Christmas down. Just feeling a bit sluggish in life. And uh, all of your messages and stuff just mean the world to me. So, thank you very much. Uh, Really appreciate everyone who signed up to the Patreon already. Incredible. The link is in my bio on Instagram, at MeganMark. It's going to keep the Sunday Roast alive. And I cannot stress that enough. Uh, this oven, you know, it requires a lot of preheating. So if you want to take a moment, subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, you could change my life. And then we'll get the second roast. And then we'll get the Siobhan t-shirts and we'll do it all. Also, while the old sort of virtual trocra box is doing the rounds, please keep reviewing it uh, on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. It makes such a difference. It gets us up in the charts. I say us. Like, as if there's a team of idiots behind me. No, it's literally just me in my kitchen. But, yeah, please leave reviews and rate us and all the rest. Thank you very much. Now on to the main event. We've got a big one today. Irish College. Doesn't that just... Even the word, the two words, Irish College. Doesn't your neck just sort of get that shiver with a bit of frisson? Thinking back to those days... For the people who are unfamiliar, by the way, Irish college isn't a term that we use for university. Irish college is generally a two to three week long summer course one could avail of between the ages of like 11 to 13. There are usually a few perverts there who are like 16, but we'll get to those later. But basically, ostensibly, you go down to learn the Irish language, develop it uh, so you can apply it better in school and your exams. But we all know what this is. Let's, Let's just call a spade a spade here. This was three weeks of unbridled hedonism, a.k.a. you went down there to kiss people and to hopefully feel boobs. That was literally it. They should have actually had that in the brochure of Colosta Lorgan or Colosta Ackle, you know, or Colosta the Potato. You know, they could literally have just had a photo of the other people attending. And that's the way that you probably choose which Irish college you go to. Oh, yeah, I heard the uh, heard all the Holy Child girls are going to uh, Ackle. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, we booked out. Yeah, well, I've heard the Alex girls are going to uh, Colosta, Paul Ignat Pierce. Yeah, no, we'll go to, we'll go to, we'll go to Ackle, I think. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Irish College, absolutely fabulous. Some of the best days of our lives. I mean, so, so good. You'd meet up at the train station first in uh, Houston or somewhere. And, you know, all the lads would be there with the bleached hair. The South Dublin boys with the bleached hair. What the hell were we doing? We looked like absolute imbeciles the first day of summer holidays and you and your mates would be legging around to the nearest pharmacy to buy Jerome Russell B. Blonde for men or uh, Sun In if you were, you know, the sort of Tesco Express version of a jock, (laughs) you know, and yeah, we looked absolutely insane. And you'd arrive down to the country, you know, usually in Connemara or uh, any area of Gaeltacht, which is the Irish speaking areas of Ireland. You'd arrive down and you'd stay uh, in this woman's house called the Banon Tea, which means woman of the house, which is also really weird. 
Can we address that? The whole dynamic of the ban on tea. She was sort of running this house like a B&B. But then, like, she'd still also be running a family at the same time. And that was the weirdest dynamic ever. Because you weren't really... Like, you never really addressed the other family members. And... You know, if you were to like pass by them in the hall, it was like you didn't know whether or not you should acknowledge them. I mean, the far, the far auntie in my house was honestly the most insane human being in the world. Like he didn't like, I think he literally took, he just had a, he had an issue with me because I was from South Dublin. And for whatever reason, some people seem to think that we have a sense of entitlement. I personally don't know. I don't understand that. And those people should be shot in front of their children. You know, <laughs> how dare they? Who are they? Why are they? But um, it was so funny. Like, I'd be walking down the hall and he'd see, like, you know, Finon come out of his room from Turles. And he'd be like, how are you, Finon? How are you getting on today? You all right? Any, any plans for the afternoon? You've got class, do you? You've got class, yeah? Ah, it's annoying. We make, we make a bit of game of basketball or something in the afternoon. And Finon would be like, yeah. Then I'd see him. I'd be like, hiya, how are you? And he'd be like, hey, we are fucking down. Sorry? You we are down, fucking down. No, 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 you're going to have to... What? Uh, could you just... You're out there with a bear? Do I... Am I going out to fuck a bear? No, what are you... Just one more time, sorry. You're out there with a pulling bear? Did I get this jumper and pulling bear? No, that's even less likely than me having intercourse. Like, a la DiCaprio and the Revenant with a bear. No. Also, why can Have you ever heard of Rosetta Stone? What the hell is happening here? You're literally just grunting. You're not actually even saying anything. You're just sort of like relaxing the muscles in your mouth and lettering this guttural sort of movement flow through your body in some sort of like exorcist ritual and just go like... <laughs> what are you talking about? There was nothing weirder, by the way, did this ever happen to you? Because there was like a part of the house that the Banantees, like husband and kids would sort of reside in. And if you ever accidentally like opened the door to them, you know, just watching TV or something, it was terrifying. It was almost as scary as when you open up the dishwasher mid-cycle. It gives you such a panic. But instead of like opening the dishwasher and seeing like a bunch of plates, you're just opening up these living room doors and seeing a literal bunch of biscuits. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like... Tea was amazing and actually the first year I went to Irish college this this has to go down as one of the most insane decisions known to humankind uh, so in our Irish college it was obviously your usual sort of subset of Irish culture you know you've got your Dublin guys you've got your country guys you've got your blah 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 all these different people there was also in our group a Spanish guy called Diego literally <laughs> A Spanish man called Diego was sent to Irish college. He had been sent to Dublin to do a year, okay, of like learning the English language because Spanish is his first language, yeah? So then they sent him over to Dublin to learn English and then in the summer, because whoever he was staying with was going to Irish college, they sent him down. The guy didn't stand a chance. I've, ne I've literally never seen anybody more out of their depth in my whole entire life. I mean, the equivalent of giving him a pair of armbands and asking him, does he want to go paddling in the Mariana Trench? Absolutely outrageous. On the very first day, I overheard him on the phone to his mum outside and he was like, "See, sí, mami, in Spanish. And he was like, you know, what did and then he was having this sort of conversation. I felt like he was a bit confused about something. So I was like, Diego, uh, everything go all right, man? Like, what's going on? Me, bloody Kofi Annan slash Gandhi. 
uh, you know, went up. I was like, what's going on? Everything all right? He's like, Mark, uh, what is this thing? Uh, the uh, Baron T keeps saying the uh, and us. I was like, sorry? So you're going to have to, have you been speaking to the band far on tea? Because you sound very, and it's, no, what is this thing? She keeps, anytime I walk into the kitchen, she keeps saying to me, hey, you want tea and toss? I was like, you want what? Tea and toast? Ah, okay, Diego, my man. Tea and toast. Tea and toast is what she's saying. She's offering you tea, like a, a cup of tea and a piece of toast. Yes, I know, but she keeps asking me like three to five times a day. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the Gale Talk, my man. These are going to be very three very interesting weeks for you. But it must have been a struggle for Diego. It must have been such a monumental struggle for the boy to pretend and to feign happiness. I mean, even food-wise, that was I think that was the biggest issue for him. I mean, the guy came from Madrid, you know, one of the culinary meccas of the world. And now he's literally getting mince and potatoes, pork and potatoes, fish and potatoes, you know, Vincent and potatoes every night of the week. He couldn't get a head, he couldn't get his head around it. Like, and also, he, he does have a point though, because I don't know if this is just exclusively with rural Irish people, which I love, who I love, by the way, but you know, why is it that? In rural Ireland, they always have a normal dish and then do something completely crazy. Like, oh, we're having lasagna and peas. Why are you having a bowl of peas with a lasagna, Louise? Jeez, you know what I mean? Like, what the hell is happening here? It's such a weird thing. Why can't they just stick to one food type? They always need to mix it up. Oh, yeah, so we're having a roast lamb down on Sunday. A few sprigs of rosemary now and some roast potatoes. Be lovely. And I've got a few samosas in the fridge there to go with it. Samosas? Why are we having samosas with a rack of lamb, Siobhan? What is happening here? Ba, ba, balti sheep. Like, good God, stay within the lines of food, please. Yeah, so I've got a lovely, uh, lovely few pork chops there now. A little bit of applesauce on the side. And then uh, I've got 11 duck spring rolls to go with it. Like, what the fuck is happening here? It's like those, uh, you know, those corner shops or like the shops they have in the country. The ones that like, they're usually like attached to like a pub. But these shops, they, are, they mystify me. They, they make me speechless with sort of awe and appreciation. What is happening in these shops? They sell everything. Absolutely everything. From afar, it looks like a tiny little dusty corner shop that only has sort of sweets and newspapers. But there's nothing they can't get you. It's essentially Harrods. Well, Harold's, you know. But it's literally... Yeah, and you get the locals coming in. How are you, Marion? Yeah, I'll have uh, two copies of the examiner there. A pint of milk and five tickets to the Beyonce concert. Oh, how are you doing, Michael? Wait there. Ah, you're 10 minutes too late. We've just sold the last milk. Do you know what I mean? They sell absolutely... How are you, Gar? Can I get a 500 grams of mince, a stepladder and a Portuguese timeshare there, please? Thanks very much. Absolutely mental. I love them, but absolutely mental. did incredibly well with women though the man was unstoppable i mean he had the last laugh every single person that didn't take him seriously and even though he didn't have a lick of irish he was absolutely unstoppable 
I mean, let's be honest here. Imagine his accent next to ours. I mean, he'd have people quivering. Genuinely, even as a straight man, genuinely the most sultry thing I've ever heard. Listening to him talk was like Errol Toffee. He'd make Antonio Banderas sound like Peter Kay. That was the weirdest. Peter Kay? Wait. Peter Kay? No, that's what? I don't even know what that is. Peter Kay? Garlic bread? Yeah, that's Peter K- No. Anyway, he smashed it. Nevertheless, I had a little kiss down in Irish college. Yeah. One of those ones, though, where her friends and my friends decided it. Do you remember that? You didn't have any real sort of control over your own sexual destiny as a child growing up in Ireland. Don't mention the church. But, you know, they would meet at, like, break time. My friends and her friends. Like, a a gathering of the ghouls. A meeting of the minds. Words would be exchanged. exchanged. And almost like the football transfer window. They'd be like, right, um, we'll give you Mark for a kiss with Tanya if you'll let Donald see under Lydia's jumper. Deals were done. This is how it worked. Like an arranged marriage, except this was just an arranged walk down behind those rocks over there and act like you're enjoying yourself. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely outrageous when you think back on it. The walk over to the rocks, though, with, I don't know, do you remember this? I was totally and utterly uncool. I mean, the walk over to those rocks when you were going to kiss somebody, was the most nerve-wracking thing in the world. I never knew what to do. Like, I never knew what to... All of a sudden, I'd have all the bravado. You know, I've got a Spanish friend called Diego. I've got bleached hair. I'm nailing it. And then all of a sudden, that walk, it was like the dead man's walk. I just did... I was devoid of conversation. I, the girl that... of The country... I was, I was with a country girl, my first ever, by the way. And uh, we were walking to the rocks. I, like, tried to talk about sports. She knew much more about sports than I did. At one point, this is how, like, embarrassing and artsy I was back then. At one point, she turned to me and she goes, what do you think of DJ Kerry? And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I like some of his tunes, but I'm uh, more of an Eminem man myself. Like, so nervous. And then I was thinking, okay, do girls from the country kiss differently to Dublin girls? I'd only kissed one person at this point, which was the person we spoke about in the Irish Teenage Disco episode. So I wasn't exactly, you know, long in the tooth in terms of kissing people. But we get behind the rocks, okay? Your heart is pounding in your chest. You don't know where to look. Where do I put my hands? Easy. Where do I put my hands? Why am I wearing that fucking necklace made of seashells my mum brought me back from Tenerife last month? I feel like a buffoon. And then I do that really weird thing where you're sort of just evading the actual moment. So I'd be sort of like looking around and trying to make small talk like, oh, there's a crab. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Literally, there's a crab. Good. This is terrible, Mark. This is absolutely terrible. My mind is racing. Oh, look, there's a bit of seaweed. Anyway, fortunately, she had a little bit more experience and maturity than me. She leans in. Her mouth is open. My mouth is open. Her face is coming closer to mine by the second. And you, oh, by the way, this is the worst thing. I could still see some food in her braces, which is, yeah, not exactly, uh, what's the word? You know, not something that's going to get you horned up to the gills. Anyway, lasagna and peas. The seconds as her face is coming towards yours stretch out in front of you like the M50 and then you're into it. It's happening. Not the nicest kiss you've ever had. Literally kissing a girl whose breath smells like Catholicism and salt and vinegar crisps. Do you know what I mean? She was also, she was also wearing perfume, by the way, that must have been deliberately designed to work as both mosquito repellent and a paedophile deterrent at the same time. 
like Febreze mixed with condensed milk. Absolutely disgusting. And on that note, though, this is sort of a bit of a trajectory, but on that note, I do actually believe that children's perfume is specifically designed to act as a pedophile deterrent. The next time you're in like a H&M or a Zara, go up and smell the kids' perfume they have on sale. Preferably out of the bottle and not off a youth's neck. Literally the most violent smell imaginable. Anyway, back to the kiss. I wasn't, I actually wasn't wearing aftershave. At least I had the dignity to do what all 14-year-old boys did back then. Use your deodorant as aftershave. Streamline. My cologne du jour at the time was right guard extreme. Strong enough, by the way, to kill a medium-sized ant colony or sedate a small bird. So anyway, your two worlds collide. And you're kissing for what feels like ages. Because back then, by the way, you have to go for more than ages. This is showbiz and stamina is required. He who lasts the longest lives the longest. It's not about the passion. It's not about the feelings. It's about the fucking length. Story of my life. But then, as always, ambition kicks in. Because we're greedy, though, aren't we? Humans are inherently greedy. The kiss wasn't enough by itself. Absolutely not. The brain starts to wander. I wonder, should I wander and try to feel her breasts? And in the moment of madness, your brain says, yeah, obviously. Try to unclasp her bra. Absolutely not. No chance. In terms of not being able to unclasp the bra, not her saying absolutely not. No chance. What was I thinking though? You'd sooner get into the US Embassy wearing a fucking Iranian football jersey than trying to get into that bra. So then I made the fatal error of approaching it from the front. What was, what was I doing, by the way? Trying to approach a busty teen from the... By the way, bear in mind, I was a teen as well. That sounded weird. Prince Philip shit. But like, I, I tried to approach from the front. Assuming basically that I could just sort of slide my hand under the bra and everything would be fine. No, not even close. I didn't realise how tight bras would be. By the way, bear in mind, I was only 14 at the time. So I'd only worn like one or two. Anyway, my hand then gets stuck under, like, under her bra. And so that then for the remainder of the kiss, I have to, like, stay halfway, like, into her bra. So, like, my, like, the palm of my hand is sort of just, like, you know, leaning against her chest. And then my fingertips are sort of just, like, resting on her breast. Absolutely outrageous. The kiss ends. Okay? We both seem to be sort of adequately satisfied and underwhelmed in equal measure. Because again, it's not about the act itself. It was more about doing the act and being part of the crew who also do the act. But the only downside now is you're walking back and you've got this like Cheshire cat grin on you because you've proved yourself. But you're walking back to the guys. Herein lies a problem though. Back then, in the mid-90s in Ireland, we all wore tracksuits, Okay? And, as you can imagine, there were quite a lot of hormones doing the round. A lot of twitches and dreams and sort of bodily screams that we were only getting used to. So when you'd kiss somebody, nature would take over. And the thing is, at least if you were wearing jeans, there'd be a certain amount of restriction, which makes it more difficult to notice any, shall we say, protruding elements. And O'Neill's tracksuit, on the other hand, do you remember those? O'Neill's tracksuits? You weren't cool unless you had a pair of O'Neill's tracksuit bottoms. 
But anyway, in terms of restriction, there is none, okay? You may as well fashion a sarong out of crepe paper. These things leave nothing to the imagination. So you come around from the rocks after spending 20 minutes kissing somebody or shifting if you're one of the great unwashed and there'll be like literally the most obvious little thing sticking out of your bloody O'Neill's. And not like a sort of, oh, what a legend, I've got a big dick. No, less is that, that a torch in your pocket and more, oh, is that like one singular Duracell AA battery in your pocket? To be fair though, her clothes weren't much better. She was dressed like a professional darts player. <laughs> Literally like, she was wearing like a white Airtex tucked into black slacks. I didn't know whether to ask her for a second kiss or a pint bottle of Bulmers and a packet of bacon fries. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In my memory, the worst thing ever was having to do the outdoor activities in Irish college. There was like, in the, in the brochure, they'd be like, oh, you can do orienteering. You can do this. You can do that. You'll be climbing flagpoles. You'll be entering new territories. You'll be digging deep. You'll be swimming. You'll be caving. You No, no. The reality is we're all going kayaking. We'll go kayaking every single day of the week, okay? And also, by the way, I hope some of you agree with me. Putting on one of those wetsuits, is the most horrendous teenage memory of all time. Nobody looks sexually attractive in a wetsuit. Who designed the wetsuit? And why do they do it so that it highlights all of the parts of your body where you're basically fat? Oh, um, yeah, I've got this really good fashion design. It's sort of like a wet thing that you wear when you go to... Cool. What we're going to do is basically just show the amounts of flesh that are extra and in places they shouldn't be. Also, even pushing on, pushing on a wetsuit that has recently been worn by somebody else and sort of like sliding this thing up on your legs with like the grainy muck and sand and just badness that comes with wearing a wetsuit is now rubbing off on you. This is like the equivalent of putting your hand into the sink and having to take food out of the little center part of the sink. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely awful. And also, I don't know what it is about the male anatomy, but as soon as a man puts a wetsuit on, your willy decides to literally reconvene back up the outside. It's, it like retreats, it recedes in behind itself. It's non-existent. At one point, I was so cold, I'm pretty sure my penis was coming out of my bum. Like, it was absolutely horrendous. All you need, by the way, when wearing a wetsuit, is a pair of bowling shoes and a Peaky Blinders hat to make this literally the world's worst outfit. A.K.A. something you probably see at Trinity Freshers Week. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Honestly, though, horrendous. And also, when you go down to the beach, this is the worst thing because the, the, the sort of gulf that existed between the Dublin guys and the country guys, this was when it was amplified. Cause, you know, we'd all come down sheepish with our fucking bleach blonde hair and our arrogance, thinking we're the boys. And then the GAA, la- GAA lads would come down looking like fucking Adonis. These bodies, absolutely insane. They take off their tops. And these like chiseled fucking abs, the tide would turn. All the girls would immediately lose interest in like Simo from Mary's. And they'd be like, no, hold on. I'm going to get with Donna. He's on like the youths for Tipperary. He won like the young couple. How many cups are there in the GAA? Because anybody I know that plays GAA seems to be winning like the championship cup every other week. Do they have like 50 cups a year? 
more cups than bloody Starbucks. Terrible. Delete that. Um, but yeah, there's something about JA lads that I never, never really understood. They always seem to think it's hilarious to take their willies out. What's that all about? I remember a few years ago, one day I made him one. He's like big into GAA and he's very good at it. But uh, he brought me out in like one of his team nights out because they just won, you know, one of the 364 cup finals that were available to win that year. And uh, there's about 35 of us out on the night out. At midnight, they all started taking their clothes off. All of them. Stripping nude. And at one point, this guy called Cormac, or like Fake, comes up to me and was like, why aren't you taking your fucking clothes off? I was like, um, just not really, not really keen to be honest and taking my trousers and boxers off. And then he quips, oh, are you gay, are you? Um, Cormac, sit down for a second. Do we need to have a conversation with the birds and the bees? Or at the very least, the bees and the bees? Because baby, I don't think you know how this works, okay? Surely the fact, surely the fact that I don't want to take my phallus out in a room full of men would make me, how does that make me more gay? I don't understand this. You know, maybe I'm wearing Converse, but still, absolutely ridiculous. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunday Roast. Really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the Patreon link. It's in my bio, at Megan Mark. It would mean the world to me, and it will just help this grow and build, and the world is our oyster. We could do a lot of stuff with this, so, um, yeah, really thank you, and thank you so much to everybody individually who's uh, already contributed and subscribed. It means the world to me. Also, please keep sending me your messages every week send me your suggestions your ideas what do you want to see roasted we can make it happen okay just keep messaging all the usual stuff uh please subscribe on the various platforms and review come on at this stage you know what to do but i just want to thank you thank you so much have a great week and hit me up with any emergencies would it be interesting to do like an agony and section where like you guys send in questions maybe like on a Tuesday or Wednesday I do like a separate just like Agony Ant podcast where uh, you send me in like really earnest and honest questions about your life and then I just roast you